This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing Company, where they believe simplicity is a good thing. Try their lager, IPA, stout, and new raspberry sour, all available at the LCBO. Let's grab that bull by the horns. Oh yeah! Episode 25 and Chris is back. Beer and Bullshit Podcast. Hi, Chris. How you doing, Ben? I'm back. Never left my house, but I'm back. <laughs> back in action. Way more facial hair than the last time I saw you. That's true. Uh, it's been known to happen. You don't see people for a while. They don't care what they look like. And bam, facial hair. Good. Well, we're all caught up. <laughs> <laughs> What's been going on in your world? Been drinking beer? Yeah, I uh, I got a little overzealous with my support of local beer and local breweries, and decided to make some orders. Got some recommendations from you and from my brother, and and made about five orders. And you know, ten dollar flat shipping. I I like to break it down by the, the per beer, so you have to overbuy in order to justify the shipping. I like that logic. Where did you order from? Uh, I got from Matron. Uh, who I really want to call Matrone, but I know that that's probably not right. Um, Slake and Bellwoods. And I was in the neighborhood, so I stopped by Great Lakes, even though I said I don't need the beer, but I stopped by anyway. And uh, Dominion. You're stocked Dominion up, City. man. I'm loaded. I don't even have the Slake yet. I don't know where I'm going to put that case because uh, my beer fridge is full. I'll help you get some of the stuff out of the beer fridge. I'll come by and have some in your backyard or something. That Pilsner you noticed from Dominion City? Ooh, yeah, that so was good, great. right? I it know. Was really good. Civic Pilsner, is that what it's called? That's right. That's a tasty beverage. I'm having a Amsterdam Chimney Invader Hazy IPA. Uh, I don't remember the last time I had an Amsterdam beer because I don't see a ton of their beer in London, other than like the mainstays, which I would include Space Invader is actually at our local grocery store. And then I just see like tall cans of uh, Big Wheel and Three Speed. And I, I kind of miss their, um, their like, ex, you know, more experimental stuff and the unique stuff. I know they're still pumping it out at their one location, but it doesn't seem to go anywhere other than uh, the Queen's Key spot. So shout out to my uh, local rep. J-Bone, Amsterdam. I was bitching that I don't see Amsterdam beer anymore in London, so he brought me some. Squeaky wheel gets the grease, apparently, and I'm enjoying a hazy IPA. Nice. Not bad. I liked Amsterdam back in the day when I was visiting friends in Toronto, and and I would always get there later than I was expecting to, and it was open later uh, than everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So I'd always go and grab a case and then drink it that night. That... I'm glad you're back. You're bringing these stories that people want to hear. (laughs) Uh, We have been accumulating listener emails like crazy. And I know you've been listening to the show in your absence. We're trying to figure out what to call our fans. Uh, We got another sub, another submission tonight. Bullshit evicts, bullshit evicts. I don't know why everything's vaguely communist. (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I like it. Is it because I kept referencing that you looked a little bit like Lennon with your mustache, maybe? I don't know. That's a little, that's a deep pull for people that were getting that you 
reference my <laughs> facial hair via Zoom. Uh, bull, bullshitites, bullshitters, and bullshitoviks, I think are the Bolsheviks. Oh, God. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> Someone help. Someone help. Uh, um, but yes, we've been getting lots and lots of contact submissions, and uh, I thought we could go through those tonight. And a little bonus episode that drops, dropping on a bonus episode on a Friday for our bullshitter Renos. Bullshitter. I got nothing. It's just. <laughs> Do you want to just get into it? Or you got anything I else you would. want to say? You got any news? What's going on? Uh, no, not really. You know, I mean, I've been uh, been doing a bit of holiday shopping today. I kind of toured around the city. It was a little disheartening to go from a few small independent stores in London where I always get stuff for Christmas and watch them have the doors locked and only allowing four people in. And then seeing the opposite side of that coin, going to Costco and seeing 25,000 people there. Yeah, that's it's, crazy. So you're still physically buying things in stores? Because, like, I guess I'm the reason those stores are shuttered because I am not. Yeah, I, it's it's tough. The The online retail landscape in, in Canada has gotten better over COVID, but it's not still not great. So I'd yeah. rather than, than just get everything from Amazon or Walmart online. I'd rather go and, and actually support some of those stores in a safe way. Yeah, some of those small but stores you support, like Costco. From these places. Well, Costco was necessary because I ate all my <laughs> licorice all sorts last week that I got. <laughs> of course. I went to Uber Cool Stuff. I went to Jill's Table. I went to the market. I like, I like a lot of the, the local shops downtown. Yeah, no, that is something I missed this year. And uh, Uber Cool Stuff is definitely somewhere I always pop in because there's always like something you can find that you can get. And that actually used to be my favorite part of Christmas shopping in Toronto. I would just hit, for some reason, I always hit Queen West. And I would just be like, okay, this is the night. I'm not going to go home after work. I'm just going to walk up and down Queen's, Queen West, pop in somewhere for a pint along the way inevitably and get all my shopping done. But this year I'm uh, I'm hoping to get Jeff Bezos up to a trillion dollars. I'm going to help him do it. It's important to make sure. <laughs> See if you can get uh, some of his employees, even just a penny raise annually. <laughs> It'd be nice. Yeah. Good times. Well, we made it a few minutes before we talked about COVID depressing shit. That was pretty good. <laughs> well, the stores were great. I mean, it was, it was almost kind of nice shopping with less people in some of the smaller stores. I mean, probably less good for those stores, but um it was a more it was a more enjoyable shopping experience. Okay, let's get to some listener emails. Okay. All right. The first the first mail comes from Fred. And Fred's uh wondering, what is your dream beer interview? Say somebody that is refusing to get back to you about coming on the show. Really <laughs> no, apply people... some pressure. <laughs> people are being pretty good, actually. We have some good guests lined up. Although I will say, uh unintentionally this season has been so far very male and very pale it's been all white four white dudes in a row and now us talking about it so i gotta fix that up i gotta get some some ladies in beer and some people of color on this show because uh we're not doing our we're not doing our diversity quotient any favors um i don't know actually i think i need some new new brewers on this show because i realized i'm kind of pulling from the same 
2011, 2012, 2013, like the early days when I first started writing about beer, the, those are the people I know. So uh, maybe my dream interview is some new blood. So for people listening out there, uh, if you meet that uh, criteria, holler at me. Let's get on the show. It's maybe it- a bad answer. I don't know. Okay, this uh, next uh, this next message comes from our friend Corey, a dedicated beer bull, um, and and he says uh, this is more of a comment than a question. To be honest, the podcast has been a ray of hope during COVID nineteen. <laughs> wow, thanks, Corey. That is sad. <laughs> um, no, it's good to hear. I think. I think the show's resonating with people. We're getting some good guests on. Chris, you haven't been here for the whole fucking season, but thanks, uh, Corey. You think that that's Corey nice... from uh, Boy Meets World? Uh, I think it's 98% certain. Yeah, there's only so many Coreys. Or it could be Haim or Feldman. One of those is dead. Haim's dead. I meant to say Corey Hart. <laughs> okay. So it's Hart, Feldman, or... Corey, Boy Meets World. His last name was Boy Meets World, right? That's why they yeah. called the show that. I believe it was Dutch. Corey Boy Meets World. Um, cool. Well, now we know what Corey from Boy Meets World is up to. <laughs> it's a little sad that we would be a ray of hope. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> I got a 45 to 60 minute distraction. Ray, ray of hope, I mean. That, uh, Corey, maybe you need to get out of the house more. There's better things to to look at to listen to well maybe not listen to this is the best thing you can put in your ears for sure you know or order a bunch of uh, delicious craft beer and just kind of wallow in in whatever uh, whatever life you're living right now so get rid of the hope embrace alcohol and wallow in your pity cool 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 here you go Corey. okay what do we got here next we have a um, message from richard who asked the best beer for shoveling snow is Hmm. Um, good question. There's definitely beers to associate with summer, you know, so-called lawnmower beers. Are there snowblower beers? Maybe I like a nice Porter when I come in from the cold. Um, which is not to say I wouldn't down a logger after shoveling, working hard, but there is something, uh, a little bit of roast malt flavor and a little bit of uh, depth to it in the winter. I appreciate it a little more. Um, I am my official answer. 1812 Porter from Granite. If I may, I'd suggest that is a response of somebody who has a snow blower and is not shoveling. Uh, sure. I don't think that Porter is going to be refreshing enough. I would go a different direction and I would go with the most popular beer in the world, snow. Oh, I see what you China. did there. I see what you did there. You've had snow, right? You were in China drinking snow. I was one of my uh, one of my favorite things about the beer in China is for the ABV it doesn't give you a percentage it gives you a greater than or equal to percentage. That's good. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's never going to go lower than five point three, but it could be fourteen. That was always my <laughs> my hope. Well, that's probably more accurate than the actual number that most Ontario brewers put on the can because they're always kind of guessing. So the fact that like I think. Great Lakes Devils Pale Ale 666, they put it 6.66%, or they used to. There's no way that's accurate. <laughs> I think they're just guessing. So greater than or equals to is perfect. 
Well, it is, but that's assuming that it's always going to be more than that. I think if you put if you put an actual percentage, you'd expect a little bit of variation from that, a little plus or minus, let's say half a percent. But to have the simple floor, I don't know. I'm not a chemist. I'm sure there's a reason they know it's never less than, but maybe more than. Um, okay. Next up, we have a message from uh, our friend Morris, who says, "Friends in Burlington told me about you guys." Now I'm in Petrolia, kind of close to London. Question for you. Do you ever do guest hangouts with listeners? P.S. I'd bring the beer. Biddleman's best. Biddleman is Morris's last name. And then he says, cheers. Uh, yeah, no, never. Never going to happen. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like a pretty easy answer there. I mean, you weren't selling us with Biddleman's best, uh, whatever that might be. Hey, want to drink homebrew with a stranger? <laughs> I'll come into your house maskless. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, thank you, Morris. That's a lovely offer, but never, ever. We'll never meet in real life. No fucking way. Next question. Here we go. That was a nice way to finish that one off. This one comes from Tuluk, who says, why you never discuss cider? Why are you saying that with an accent? Like you read his name weird and then gave him an accent. Like, okay. Don't, uh, don't do I that. read exactly what he wrote, which was why you never discuss cider. And I've never seen the why name. Why is he a cave person in your interpretation? I don't know. Tuluk sounds perhaps like. There's uh, no saving this. Don't even He try. went through some sort of portal from the past. How would you pronounce the name? T-U-L-U-K. Tuluk. It's a. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. What was the question? Why do we never discuss cider? Yes. It's called beer and bullshit. That's why. I don't really drink cider. I love... Uh, do you actually, like cider? There are ciders I really like, but 99% of ciders, I'm just like, nah. And honestly, like my wife has celiac, so she can't drink beer. So I've long tried to find local ciders that she can enjoy that I also like. Cause then I'm like, well, I'll stock the fridge with these, but there's almost nothing. And until you and I, uh, when we went to go see the national in Hamilton and we stopped at West Avenue, that was like the best cider experience. It was so good. Like everything that came out was phenomenal. Like they had, I mean the ice, ice cider. I, I'm not a big fan cause it's super sweet, but even that was good. And then we, it was like phenomenal barrel aged ciders, funky stuff. Like, between West Avenue and Revel Cider, that's like a different tier. Like most of the stuff you get in the LCBO, it's like shitty, sugary, alcoholic apple juice. And then there's Revel and Avenue, which, West Avenue, which are just like phenomenal. So I yeah, guess we did, we just discussed cider. The West Avenue, that was my second time that I've been there and I had a great experience both times. And the cider's great, but and I normally am not a fan of cider at all i had one of the last times i threw up whilst drinking was from cider which my cousin (laughs) gave me and said do you want the rest of this and i thought it was beer and then that just really threw off the signals in my brain and uh like you took a gulp and you're like this is wrong and you barfed it out are you no it was like 20 minutes later i'm like something doesn't feel right that beer was so weird and then i threw you still thought it was a beer after you drank it yeah i didn't know 
like I'm drinking. Well, I was a little bit inebriated. But well, not, if you thought it was still beer, you must have been pretty drunk. I wasn't drunk enough to throw up. I will say that. It was just, it, it completely messed up my brain having that, that mixed signal. And, I'm, you know, if there maybe there's some amazing local ciders that we're overlooking, but, I mean, I, I've, I've tried. I have a vested interest in finding a cider that I enjoy. And uh, Milos here in London always has Revel stuff on, and it's always good. And West Avenue, that trip, like, I bought, like, $300 worth of cider. That's, I still have some in the cellar because I'm like, this, it was amazing. We went crazy. But they bit. have, like, Barrett Fuller's, which is a, a, a bourbon barrel-aged uh, cider. Really good stuff. But the other thing is, like, I never am like, oh, you know what? I just need to crack a cider. It's like a mental thing. Like, there's times where, like, I need a fucking beer right now. There's times where I'm like, I need a bourbon right now. I've never had a, I need a cider right now moment. That just doesn't happen. It'd be, like, 15th on my list of things to go to. Same. I'm never out of those first 14 things, so. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. If for some reason all the alcohol in my house was gone, it was, like, just my wife's cider, maybe. But I usually have options I prefer okay just well, we can move on to the next question here and just a note to our listeners if you send mail and there's any type of grammatical or spelling mistake i will, will assign you an about, accent chris will be racist about it. what how was that racist i, I don't even know what I kind of know. accent it was i think you read it i sounded like you read a name assumed an ethnicity there was hand gestures involved i don't know why there was a costume change anyway well i had to put on a hat that don't, i thought too little wear don't Okay, next uh, next question comes from Ronald. Uh, do you guys have any occasions you can remember when you've had too much beer? <laughs> I'll start none for me. I'm very responsible. <laughs> I have so many for you, Chris. I have more for you than you do, probably. I think you have an admirable. You had an admirable streak from like, I would say, grade grade nine to like. I don't know what level of university where you would vomit, but never in a toilet. Like, like it was like when we went out, it was like, you're going to barf. It was just a matter of when and where, because you never bothered to get up <laughs> to go. Like we all knew you were going to barf, but you just never made it to a toilet once. But well, you're forgetting all the times where I fought it off successfully. I don't know that that's, that's so admirable to sit there and watch you gulp down vomit in a party for like half an hour. Like just go to the bathroom, <laughs> come back. I remember watching. It was your word admirable, not mine. I remember watching you at a, at Leon's at a party. You probably already know where the story's going. We were playing poker. It was a house party and there was a poker game happening in the middle of a house party. And I was like, oh man, he's going to barf. I, Cause I knew the look in your eyes and like you fighting it off, like arms crossed, like, oh, 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 like gulping it down. You could have walked to the bathroom, which was literally 15 feet away. But instead you took a paper LCBO bag and put it in a measuring cup that was for some reason on the table and just kept fighting it. But you're like, I have this thing here if I need to. And then you did. And you barfed in the bag, in the cup. And the whole day was like, what the fuck? That was great. I actually really used to enjoy, because I'm like, I could see it coming. I'm like, oh, these people don't know what's coming, but I do. I remember one time, another time at a party, making eye contact with Leon across a across a basement at a house party and you were fighting it off and failing. And I'm I like, looked at him and like gave him, a, I'm like, Pellerin's going to do it. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> we just watched you barf sitting on the floor, 
between your own legs and then we just left the party <laughs> well the cops were there i was trying to be quiet i didn't want to go to a bathroom well, that's right we were all hiding in the basement because the police were there <laughs> so i think we've answered ronald's question the answer is yes there are times we both all right and and what about our our friend ben here who uh, holds himself to such high standards i remember you up at the cottage cruising around in bayfield and it was early in the night and uh, uh to your credit you are not usually the drunkest of our group of friends back when we used to drink a, a little bit too much but i remember you just spewing craft dinner everywhere around the bayfield community center it was it was pretty glorious yeah it was like <laughs> I there was a certain satisfaction for the rest of us yeah, and I know I was like, rarely oh, the Johnson's guy who's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like my comeuppance, and it was spectacular. It's been a now, while fair, since though, I've I... been. It's been a while since I've been like that drunk. Like I haven't thrown up from alcohol. I mean, we're fucking forty. I hope not. But <laughs> like when I get hungover now, it's fucking brutal. The past, like there was a when I was still in Toronto, there would be like maybe once or twice a year I would get so hungover. That I was like in physical pain for a day the next day. I think cigarettes were usually a factor too, but I remember on two occasions when I was so hungover, I would I vomited multiple times the next day, and I vomited so hard that I blew blood vessels in my eyes. It was fucking horrendous. This is great listening, eh? People are loving this. This is good stuff. <laughs> uh, just another quick one. When uh, remember when we went to New York. Uh, and it was a short trip after a long drive. So we were trying to squeeze in as much as we could. And yep. we got turned on to Jagerbombs for some reason. And I don't remember what it was, but something that you guys did pissed me off or something. So I'm like, screw it. I'm out of here. And we were 10 feet from our hotel, but I jumped into a taxi. And then, I don't know, like 20 minutes later, I just kind of, huh? I'm like, where the hell am I? I'm like, take me back to where you picked me up. And it was like an $80 taxi ride. He goes, where, where you go? Where'd you, what would happen? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. That was 4am in Manhattan. And you were just like, had enough of us and bailed. And we're like, well, this is the worst timing. The worst part of that was we, we drank until we showed up in New York late. We drank until like four or something in the morning. And then we had Yankees tickets the next morning. And it was like so fucking hot. It was like 46 degrees and and we were so hungover. I remember like filing into like taking the subway to the Bronx and filing into the old Yankee Stadium and like we weren't even talking to each other. We were just like oh god oh and then we got to our seats like what are we gonna do? And we just started drinking beer again and it was like just I remember you leaning forward in your seat and sweat literally was dripping off your nose onto the back of the guy in front of us and we just powered through they were like well, there's free water stations for children and the elderly and we we're just like kept drinking like miller light <laughs> that was a that was a rough health wise that trip yeah so to answer the question there's been a couple of times. yeah one or two times ronald next we got a question from cal who says i have a friend who likes to bring me beer because he knows i'm a beer guy the trouble is that the beer is usually terrible i don't want to hurt his feelings but how can I tell him or get him to up his game? Up his game. That seems kind of like a dick question. Someone's bringing you free beer and you're like, how do I get him to bring me better beer? Like how bad is the beer? Right. <laughs> Just drink the fucking beer. The guy's bringing you free beer. I know um, you're the beer man. Here's some Yankee Jim ice. Like, I can't believe it's that bad. 
No. Now that seems like an okay problem to have, Cal. My next door neighbor brings me beer. He's like, have you had this one? And honestly, he's more adventurous than I am these days. He's like, oh, I went up to Bayfield, tried out these new guys, and he's handed me beer I've never tried before. It's amazing. It's not always the style that I like, but I'm appreciative. Uh, as you should be, Cal. You're kind of an asshole, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe one way to get around this, Cal, just a thought is – when your friend who brings you free beer all the time shows up, why don't you give him one of your beers and have yeah. it with him and say, what do you think about this? This is my favorite kind of beer. Instead of just taking the free stuff and giving your buddy shit and then, yeah. and then not, never reciprocating. Exactly. I would say reciprocate and tell him what breweries you like. Yeah. yeah that's a good way too. give your friend some beer. Yeah. Hey, you try this, you tried it's, this? Really good. it's from Dominion city. They're great. You should check them out. Bring me some of their stuff instead of the, Whatever the fuck you're bringing me. Do you have any, I am beer, curious. Do you have any people that bring you beer? I do have that. It's weird. It's like, hey, you're a beer guy. I should give you beer. I'm like, I have lots of beer. Like because of, I have a podcast and a blog, I, I don't need people to bring me beer. But it does happen. You're like, oh, I got you a beer to try. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. But the result is that I have random beers from people. It's a nice problem to have. Yeah, sometimes my brother. Sometimes my brother will uh, will get some new stuff and bring me some to try, or occasionally you will give me some of that beer that I think you've been gifted that's been in your cellar forever. Yeah, that's Here, the try this. Cow. This is diarrhea. This that's is diarrhea stout. Why don't you try this, Chris? <laughs> like, how long has this been in your cellar for, Johnson? When people give you beer, you have no interest in trying. Cal, send it to your co-host and friend around the corner. That's what I do. That's right. And your friend can call it diarrhea stout. And maybe you should just be a little more open with your friend. <laughs> Ice cold beer. Ice. Hey, uh, hey, what are you uh, what are you doing? Oh, hey, Chris. I'm uh, I'm just excited about ice cold beer. Well, clearly, you said it a number of times, and the show is all about beer. No, no, ice cold beer uh, from Leftfield Brewery. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Brewed with barn owl, malt, barley, and wheat, uh, VQH Farms, Cascade Hops, and Escarpment Labs yeast. Leftfield Brewery's ice cold beer is a 100% Ontario ale through and through. It's seriously great without being too serious. Well, good thing, because we're not too serious, but crushable. Much like us crisp and refreshing and it goes perfectly with baseball it is a bleacher beer that is a new beer category i'm inventing bleacher beer well now i want iced cold beer well chris you're in luck baseball might not be here right now but this beer sure is ice cold beer is available now for home delivery in toronto and in select other markets with the left field fan shop orders of 45 over 45 bucks and is now available at your local lcbo and grocery stores that sounds pretty convenient it's very convenient as an added bonus beer and bullshit listeners can keep your ice cold beer ice cold for longer use the promo code bullshit on any order over 45 dollars in the left field brewery online fan shop and get a free ice cold can koozie koozie must be 19 years or older available while supplies last ice cold no, no we're done we're done that's it okay next we have a message from vicky okay oh a First, lady we're, we're uh we're getting some of that diversity we we're mentioning earlier and we should say that Corey perhaps could have been female 
I guess so. Uh, and Vicky asks us, do I have to give my colleagues a Christmas present this year? <laughs> I love it. We're officially a vice columnist. <laughs> this feels part of like the bullshit element of beer and bullshit, perhaps? Yeah. Um, great. That's a good question, actually. I don't usually give coworkers presents. I guess people do. It's difficult because you would have this year you'd have to be like, hey, can I have your home address? And then figure out how to get shit to them. Whereas previous years you'd be like, I brought some to the office. Here's a fucking fruitcake or something. I'll say no. Just don't. <laughs> okay. <That's, laughs> I don't know. Do you buy presents for your coworkers? Uh so I would say it depends. I have um, you know, I've got someone that I work closely with at work who's kind of like my assistant slash work mom slash keep me in order all the Did time. Did you say work mom? Yes. Okay. She treats me a little bit like her son, so uh, I don't sounds, treat her like my mom. Is it sexual at all? <laughs> I hope she listens. Um, he just clammed I do, up. I do feel like <laughs> I do feel like we're veering into Greek tragedy here uh, unintentionally. You said um, there's a she's. I call her my sexy work mummy. I, I didn't. We can roll back the tape. Why okay. are you sucking your thumb right now? <laughs> uh, that's just how she makes me. Okay, go on. Brenda, her name's Brenda, we're going to say, and she is your assistant slash mommy. Um, and I usually give her a gift card for a, a local restaurant, uh, and this year I, I made her a cheese board. Uh, you made her a cheese board? Like you cut cheese? No, you made the board. I made her the board. I don't know how that could have been interpreted any differently. Well, you make a cheese board for someone. I'd be like, I made a cheese board last night. It means like I put some fucking Gouda and stuff on a board and ate it. I got to deliver it soon because that cheese is going real bad. <laughs> you said made her a cheese board. I feel like most people wouldn't be like, oh, you crafted some walnut and into a board she could put cheese on. Maybe people would. I assumed... Make a cheese board means I put out some nice cheeses mm. for my sexy work mommy. <laughs> Fair. Um, all that's accurate. That's an uh, intimate gift. So you actually made something for someone at work in COVID times. Well, to be fair, I repurposed something that I had already made. I she hope she doesn't listen. She <laughs> yeah. The least of your worries if she listens to this are that you re-gifted. I called her your sexy work mommy a few times. No, I didn't um, re-gift. I just I had some, something old that I got a new tool and then I and then I made it new again. Okay, well that's nice. Did we so answer Vicky's question? I, I think know. it depends on your relationship, Vicky. I think if you have people reporting to you, I don't know, I don't know. People reporting to you that deserve a present, sure. If you're giving gifts up to like your boss, I, I don't know. I just never have given work presents. I know a nice cheese board goes a long way. <laughs> okay, next question. Whoa. Okay. That was a Our text. Next... Did you hear that? So yes. Loud. You know, everybody heard that. Someone just said, good episode with Bim. I enjoyed it. That's amazing. Thanks. You're welcome. That was Troy Birch, guys. He's texting me. The Great Lakes Brewery marketing communications guru. I just grabbed a full case of beer from Troy. Not really Troy, but from Great Lakes. They remember, right. remember when they said they were going to give us beer to drink on every show? Fucking. I remember that. I remember drinking some during episode two. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I've actually been drinking GLB 
during multiple episodes, but it's all been, you know, purchased by me. Yeah, we need a new intro drink sponsor. We're open to anything. I would drink any if it was free, and I just had to mention it. I would drink, uh, toilet water. I don't care. Hot suggestion, Biddleman's best. It's Let's in it. from Petrolia, <laughs> but you have to hang out with uh, with Morris. Nope, I'm out. You okay. lost me at Morris. Um, all right, next question comes from our good friend Steve. Uh, Steve says, I used to live in Toronto. Is this actually my friend? wife's hometown you don't when know I had a baby. Person. I called Steve my friend because he needs friends, as you'll hear from his question. Um, so he used to live in Toronto, moved to his wife's hometown when they had a baby. He, I know a couple of people here, but trying to make new friends in my late 20s is weird. Do you guys have any advice? Hanging out with my wife's friend's husband's by default is less than ideal. Oh, wow. That was like a real thing. Uh, I get this. I don't make uh, new friends as evidenced by the guy I've known since kindergarten, who's my podcast co-host. Um, and I've definitely been in situations where you're like plunked in with your wife's friends, husband or partner. And you're like, you guys would get along. You both like beer. And then it's like you're on a, the worst play date in history because you're just like, okay, stand with that guy now and make small talk. It's the worst. So I get where this guy Steve is coming from. Uh, my answer has been to not make new friends. <laughs> I would say uh, my core group of friends have been my friends for between 20 and 30 years. <laughs> Bad answer, maybe. Yeah, I don't think that's typical for a ton of people. Then. Yeah, that's fair. And I remember you did make new friends when you were in Toronto, but I think They're all it did to me now. The problem for Steve, <laughs> the problem for Steve is it's harder to make friends in smaller cities or towns. Did he say where he was? A certain age. No, just his probably wife's hometown. Probably was the last guy. It's probably the same guy. You know what? He should hang out with the guy who makes his homebrew in Petrolia. Yeah, Steve. Morris. You met my friend Steve Morris. Morris. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but I think, uh, okay, let's be real for a second. I think the way to make friends is to f get into something that forces you to be social. Like in Toronto, um, I joined uh, second city. I started taking classes at second city, my second or first year living in Toronto. And then I ended up taking all the, the classes, taking the conservatory program program and ended up hosting a comedy show. So like most of the people I know, that are my friends in Toronto or from the comedy community or the beer community. So it's kind of like getting in to a thing. Yeah. I was going to suggest something similar, uh, you know, start playing pickup hockey or put yourself out as a free agent for slow pitch league or something to, to get involved or find somebody cool at work and just latch on to them. <laughs> That's not a good strategy. <laughs> just go full creeper. Just, Never just be their shadow until eventually they relent and become, you know, something close to a friend. Yeah. I think friendship for men happens generally like by proximity, probably women too. Like I'm friends with people who like live near me, work near me, or was in a club of some sort with me. Cause it's just convenience and like everything else is what, like, I don't know, dating. Like, what are you going to go on some app and meet a dude? I don't know. Maybe. Join Join some clubs. Fantasy football, is that happening right now? <laughs> it is. There's no, there's no physical contact or hanging out uh, in fantasy football. Maybe it's an issue of how to make friends right now. That's really hard. I don't know. 
I actually was thinking about this, but like I can't imagine what it's like to be single in COVID times. Not to get into that, but like how the fuck would you meet people right now? How do you think the disease is spreading, Ben? Is it people fucking from they meet on Tinder and they fucking spread their COVID and their genitals together? Uh, I mean, sure. I, I wish you could have gotten a little more graphic, but um, my sister-in-law started dating a guy during COVID and they will have been together now for almost a year by the time I finally meet this guy. And That's weird. He's built it up in his head that I'm the coolest human in the whole world. And now oh, he's going to just man, be so what a come down. He's going to be so disappointed. <laughs> I God, I hope so. Because they started no dating during COVID. Yeah. And then like, what are they? Okay, let's meet 14 days. No contact. Okay. Uh, well, in the summertime things lessened a little bit and, uh, and she stayed in our place here and they, and they kind of had like a, a nice Airbnb in our house for a few days. Did they fuck uh, on your couch? Probably. Uh, let's hope there and not my bed, but. <laughs> oh, you weren't there. <laughs> no, no, we weren't there. Oh, they were in your bed for sure then. No comment. <laughs> oh, that's how the COVID started in London. That's now we've got the ground zero. I was talking to her the other day and she says all of her friends are going the other way. Everybody's breaking up because it's all talk. It's all text and mm. there's no actual Orchard. hanging out or uh, fucking. You know. Yeah. All the good stuff about relationships, dating, restaurants, shagging. It's just the bullshit, the monotony of texts and talking. Oh God. Oh, it's all the brutally painful <laughs> texting yeah. and phone conversations. Thank God we got that out of the way before texting. Woo! Us. We're living the dream. <laughs> you know what? Go back to 1997, 98, hook up with your wife or your long-term partner. Then boom, skip the whole texting thing. Okay. So I think we told Steve how to make friends. <laughs> I think that was our last one, right? Uh, one more actually. Oh, and this comes from Jess. Uh, and she says, my boyfriend listens to your show. So I'm hoping you can help. I am not using my real name. So disregard Jess. My boyfriend of three years has been dabbling in comedy since we started dating for years. His friends told him to do something as a comedian, even just as a hobby. He lost his job and has been taking his comedy far more seriously. The problem is oh. his standup is not very good. <laughs> I think he is hilarious. And his stand-up comedy could probably get better, but I think he's trying too hard, and it's just not nearly as funny as he thinks. Should I be honest about my opinions? Wow. Uh, that's, that's a real one. I like that. I like these con contact us we're getting. Boy, spinoff um, podcast, Dear Benny. Yeah, loving it. Well, you can answer too. It's not just me. Yeah, um, I would say, yeah, be brutally honest. Tell him that he's not funny and that he sucks. And uh, he's already lost his job, so he can just go straight to rock bottom. Yeah, male comedians are not fragile at all, and they don't need their ego stro stroke. They definitely <laughs> just want to get blunt. Uh, I do think you should be honest, because if he's looking for feedback and wants to be a stand-up comedian, he should hear that it, it needs work. But also... He listens to the show. <laughs> He's going to figure, like, you just said, he, like, he, he just heard that. He knows. <laughs> it wasn't that specific. Uh, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> maybe that was her point. Uh, maybe she just wanted to get us to do it. So uh, she didn't say his name, eh? Okay, uh, random stand-up comedian guy. Do better. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not something that's ever easy to hear. 
there's a lot of stand-up comedians I've seen that have way, way too much confidence. And it's really hard to be like, yeah. Like I remember when I hosted a, I hosted a show, this guy came up and just, he was so bad. He just bombed for like, we gave him, I think we gave him 10 minutes, which is a fucking lifetime in stand-up comedy. And it was horrendous. Like, like from start to finish, it was so bad. And he just had no clue. He was just like walking around like he owned the place. And then afterwards he was like, yeah, it took me like two days to prepare that. I was like, no shit. Like that was, that was torture for everyone that watched it, but he had no clue. So I think, uh, let him know. For sure. There's only, uh, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? He'll break up with you and I don't know. No, I think it's Probably her boyfriend. Better off. <laughs> her He's boyfriend's friend. stand-up comedian. Oh, no. It is her boyfriend. I thought it was her boyfriend's friend. Oh, geez. That's brutal. No, it's her actual boyfriend. Um, yeah. Like... I, I used to see similar things that you just described with like, at, like punk rock shows where a band would go up and think they were incredible. And it was like, you just cleared out half the audience for the rest of the bands. That was, that was awful. Did you notice that 90% of people went for smoke breaks, even though like 40% of the people smoked? Yeah. We like to crack jokes and uh, I think we're, we, we both can, can make people laugh and you have more experience doing kind of stand up stuff, but I don't think I could ever do stand up comedy. I just, I need, to feed off of what other people are saying. And maybe that's this guy's thing. He, you know, he takes what people say and can turn it into something funny, but he needs that kind of rapport with people in order to, to be funny. Um, whether yeah, that's is not like, Oh, you're really funny. You should do stand up comedy. That's not how that works. Stand up is like an art and it's honed over years. I've seen a lot of people who are like, Oh, I th- I'm funny. Like, that doesn't mean you can get up in front of a crowd and tell jokes. Maybe you can we all remember jokes. that. We all remember that Fresh Prince episode, right? I don't. What Will got into the showcase too. <laughs> but his oh, old friend who was a stand-up comic, he was like, you know, I worked hard on this, Will. And then Will just bombed. And his friend went up and saved him. God, so great. I think Jess's, Jess's, I think Jess, Jess, quote, Jess's boyfriend just heard it from us. But hopefully he's, you know, serious enough to accept some criticism and tweak what he's doing. Okay. Good luck on your breakup. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, I like all of these advice questions. I know. First, first few were about beer, and then we moved on to like way deeper shit. Yeah. If anyone is still listening at this point, <laughs> beerandbullshit.ca slash contact. Keep them coming. We'll try to do these more often because it is – I mean, we are clearly really good at advice. So keep, keep them coming, and we'll fix your life for you. There will be less long pauses the more we get used to giving serious life advice. Yeah. Um, I don't have any beer news. We, usually we do some beer headlines. There was one story that I saw. It was kind of nice, actually. But uh, this uh, this guy's dad died when he was 15. Uh, and before he passed away, he left 10 bucks and set it aside and said, when my kid hits 21, it was in the U.S. When my kid hits 21, I want to buy him his first beer. Keep this 10 bucks for the kid so I can buy him his first beer. But then they they kept it. His sister and his mom kept the 10 bucks aside. And that's what they actually used it for. And they bought him a Bud Light. I was like, oh, oh your dad's rolling in his grave. <laughs> 
But then Budweiser heard about it and sent him a bunch of beer because he like tweeted it and they're like, the next few are on us. And they sent him a bunch of cases of Budweiser. Well, maybe his dad was a Bud Light guy and that was special. I'm 100% sure that's what happened because he wouldn't choose that. What was your first beer, Hotshot? My first legal beer or my first actual beer? First actual beer. Um, I think it was... Um, Oh man, you know the party. I think you walked me home in grade nine because it was grade nine and I had already been, I think it was the first time I got drunk. I drank a six pack of black ice and then shared a joint with someone and I was fucked. Like, <laughs> like I, you remember, you tried to walk me home and I was falling the whole way. Like you left me in my bathtub in grade nine, but that was the first. I, I, I think didn't that try was... to walk you home. I took you all the way home. <laughs> right, right. I think that was my first beer. Like, like first time I drank. I mean, I always sip my, my dad was Budweiser guy. I would sip his beer growing up. But the first time I like drank six beers, it was probably black ice. That's really fucking sad to think about. Do you remember your first beer? I think it was probably Black Ice also. It was really oh, not. That's what an not unfortunate true. time we came of age. No, no, no. Black Ice was amazing. It was like <laughs> 6.1%. It tasted phenomenal and it was cheap as hell. Uh, and I remember that party well because it was great having your mom thank me a few days later. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm like, sure. I didn't split a 12 with them or smoke that joint with them that made them throw <laughs> yeah. up everywhere. Yeah, you were the, the responsible guy. Maybe for the last time ever. I remember my first legal beer. Um, oh, it was the same day. So I went out with my dad in the afternoon. Went to Joe Cool's, which was like, like generations of Johnsons have been drinking at Joe Cool's forever. So I had my first legal beer at Joe Cool's with my dad. And then we went to go shoot pool <clears throat> at Five Star. Or it's actually called Star Billiards, but we always called it Five Star, where we had been drinking with fake ID since grade 10. And we remember they always had like one keg of Canadian on tap and then like assorted dusty bottles. And we had fake ID. Shout out to Jan Sikowski, my fake ID guy. Um, but on the day I turned 19, I went to Cools with my dad and then we went to go shoot pool. And it was like the same guys that always serve us. Like, uh, yeah, this guy's been serving me beer for three years at this point. And we're shooting pool and my dad goes, ID that guy. And he points at me and the guy's like, oh, no, no. He's like, no, no, ID him. Today's his 19th birthday. <laughs> the guy's like, what the fuck? Like, you've been serving Jeez. me this shitty Canadian for three years. <laughs> like, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Incidentally, totally torn down. I drove by Star Billiards. The building today is totally gone. It's a big hole now. Yeah, I drove by it earlier this week. It's kind of sad. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Okay, let's do... I like when we were recommending things. Are you prepared to recommend something to people who are still listening, who want something good to read or watch or do? Uh, I have a couple of good recommendations, actually. Well, I don't know if they're good. I have a couple of recommendations, though. <laughs> Great. Uh, the first is a classic, uh, classic novel, uh, Animal Farm by George Orwell. Are you uh, honestly recommending one of the like top 100 most famous novels of all time right now uh of those top 100 novels how many have you read and I re setting aside that you're an english major most <laughs> people have not read many of those novels ben and animal farm is not a long read um and no, the reason I'm re i read it with my son um huh. he 
uh, he was asking about it. So we, we read it together and um, I just took a history course on, on revolutions and rebellions. And this thing was just so topical, uh, such mm. a topical book for that. So, um, and it's a, it's just a good read. It's compelling and it's short and quick and, um, and it's it's a good read. Pretty good uh, now. George for, Orwell, like you don't have to sell it. You know, George Orwell. He's he's an up and coming writer. <laughs> you got any, what's uh, your other one? What's something that's a little newer, maybe? Okay, this is a television recommendation. Uh, you know, The Mandalorian is obviously a pop culture phenomenon, but um, and John Favreau is the is the creator there and ostensibly the showrunner. But there's another guy, Dave Filoni, who's involved and. He previously did the series Star Wars Rebels, which is an animated show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started watching that in the evenings here and there, and uh, it's pretty good. And there's a lot of similar storytelling elements as The Mandalorian, and and there's a lot of crossover between plot. You know, mm. I mean, it's set before it's set before A New Hope, and The Mandalorian is is obviously set after Return of the Jedi. Right. But there's, you know, you're seeing some of these characters and story arcs are, have been pulled from Rebels and then now are, you know, fast forward 25, 30 years and they're coming back into the Mandalorian. So it's kind of cool. Wow. Some some dark horse picks there. George Orwell and Star Wars. Just for the readers here. <laughs> looking for I, I thought I, I was going to go way. I went super <laughs> obscure this week. Is it um, Is it on Disney Plus? It is. Okay. I'll check it out. Um, I'm reading a book which I I haven't finished yet, but I feel comfortable uh, recommending Memoirs and Misinformation, which is actually uh, a novel by Jim Carrey. He has a help. So it's list Jim Carrey with Dana Vachon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. So obviously a writer, but like I, I, I heard him on, I heard him on a podcast, maybe Conan. And he was talking about this book and I was like, I, I should check it out. And it was like one of those, like, Oh, my phone's nearby. I'll buy it on Amazon. It's fucking hilarious. Like he's, I think of the things Jim Carrey does, writing might be the best. Like I read, I mean, mind you, the first time I really dug into it, I was like, I had two hours to myself for once and I got into half a bottle of wine and read it and was fucking loving life. It's hilarious. Like I would have compared the the opening to like Hunter S. Thompson, which is probably one of my favorite writers of all time. It's, mm. it, it's, it's, a memoir but it's fictionalized so he's got real people in it it stars jim carrey but just like a complete total insane asshole version of himself and he's going to like these weird self-help retreats with kelsey Grammer and nicholas cage and they're insane too like it's it's really really funny well, i might have to check that out uh, i'll give it to you when i'm done uh, jim carrey's had a jim carrey's had a bit of a kind of late career renaissance there where he seems to be incredibly self-aware in, in like a hilarious way yeah I think we can end it there tonight. Good chatting with you again. We haven't done one of these in a while. That was uh, that was <laughs> nice. We haven't really chatted talk. in a while. Yeah. yeah, this is the only excuse we have to talk. Okay, bye. I've mastered the art of being so still. I'm almost invisible to the human eye.